Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Brony and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my phenomenal, amazing, magical fairy master slash masters in human health and dietitian, Gina Warfel. <laughs> She's laughing at me. Hey, hey. <laughs> that was the funniest intro. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's all your excellent. titles just, they can't really describe the magical human you are. Like, let's be honest. You guys, Gina's pretty phenomenal oh and gosh. she gets to be my co-host and work wife and I'm so lucky. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, Gina and I, we just finished launching the Gutsy Health Academy. Enrollment closed. And what a week. How many people signed up? 90. So officially, all of our students, I think, I believe we're at, I think, 101 what? students. I think when I checked, it was at 100 or 101 students total. No. It does include some of our alumni members who mm-hmm. continued with us. Amazing. But yeah, it was at 100 or 101 students that we closed our enrollment at. How cool is that? that? That's nuts. That's freaking crazy. And you guys, I have to gush a little bit because you know, we're doing it in a syllabus style. So everyone's going through the information together. And, you know, our Zoom classes, the first Zoom of the month, it's Britt Lefko, who's our mindset and beliefs coach. She's such a powerhouse. And she opened up the Zoom and people were crying and people were having so many aha moments. And they're like, holy cow, I have never viewed my health in this way, or I've never viewed my illness in this way. Or, And it just shows that information without integration is completely lost, right? How many people listen to podcast after podcast after podcast, but we go in circles, right? We just don't really get to the root. Consuming consuming information. Yeah, but not really integrating it. And that's why we've set up the Academy to not only give you information, but to give you coaches and tools to integrate it and a community to really lean into to help you. Like I've said a million times, like the reason why I created the Gutsy Health Academy was because I just saw how. Yes, consults are phenomenal. They give you so much information, but people just were lost with this information. And I said, we need better. People need to learn how to use the information and how to practice it and and really become intimate with this information, right? So we're creating a lifestyle change program, not a diet program, not a course. It's a lifestyle that you are revamping. It's like a mommy makeover, but in health and nutrition without the plastic surgery. <laughs> so it was like Gina and I all weeks were, we were just getting chills from messages from the members, from what was being said in the Zoom. And it's just like, we're just really excited to watch people learn and grow together. And so, but the reason why we are doing this podcast, this podcast is on mitochondria, mindset and mitochondria. So as you all know, there, I created the Order of Healing about two years ago. And the order of healing is mindset, mitochondria, gut, liver, adrenals, hormones, and then brain health. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a series going into why the order of healing is so important for you guys to really understand and break down. We kind of did a series over Instagram and it was really popular, but there were a lot of people that couldn't watch it live and we didn't save it. So we're just going to kind of recreate that here on the podcast 
so that people can use this information as a continual resource for themselves and their friends and their families. So let's give you a crash course, 101, Gutsy member style or Gutsy Academy style. Like, why do we need to focus on mindset first, then mitochondria, and then the rest we'll do in other podcasts? So Gina, kind of take it away. Tell us a little bit about why mindset, when somebody is on a healing journey and they're not incorporating mindset, why are they not healing? Mm, gosh. What I love about mindset is so many people think that it's just like the woo thing, right? Like, oh, if I meditate, if I oh, law of attraction, mm-hmm. right? Like law of attraction or mindset or meditation, that that's it maybe works for some people. It's kind of out there and woo. But what I love so much is we break down the science of actually mm-hmm. how your thoughts change your physical body. Right. And we pull out some of the research from Bruce Lipton. If anyone, if you guys have listened to us talk for a while, you've probably at some point heard us talk about Bruce Lipton because he is the pioneer of epigenetics, mm-hmm. how he talks about how our environment will change our physical body. And one of those environmental factors actually being our mind and our thought and how it controls expression of our genes and what happens in our bodies. And so the example that I love to think about is if you're doubting the power of how your mind can change your physical body, think about how it does it every single day. So maybe you start thinking about food and your mouth starts to salivate, right? right? Like you actually get that automatic response, not from actual food, but by thinking about food, or maybe you get emotional and you start like tearing up the thought of a memory and your body reacts to it and tears get produced mm-hmm. or you think about sex and things start to happen. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so you actually, you think about something and your physical body actually changes. And so what Bruce Lipton's research did was how do people's thoughts and their emotions actually be like the conductor of the body to actually make more proteins or start digesting our food better or create healing, or if we give our body thought that we're in a wear and tear state, that we are ill, that we are sick, our body is actually going to respond in a way that is in alignment with that. And it's actually right. going to create things that break down the tissue in the body. So I we love digging into the science of why mm-hmm. mindset is number one over anything. Well, and not just like thoughts of hearing moving music or watching a movie that makes you tear up, but what about even subconscious thoughts of I'm unworthy of love or I am not right. worthy of healing? And a lot of people actually don't recognize. I would say nine out of 10 people don't even know they have these subconscious thoughts that self-sabotage. It's funny because our very first Zoom call with our gutsy members, Britt Lefko unpacked two things. One, why do we self-sabotage our healing processes? And two, how does illness serve us, right? And people would hear those two questions and they're like, what? I didn't want this, but it's amazing because as she's taking people down this path of thought provoking questions and like people are having their minds blown and they're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen it that way. I had no idea I was doing this to myself. Or some people were saying like, I've never felt any self-worth. Like I can't remember to a time where I had self-worth, right? And so the energy of I don't have self-worth actually transmutes into a chemical response in your body, right? And so if your conscious value is, I need to do the checkbox of taking supplements and eating healthy food and I'm going to heal, but you're not unpacking those thoughts of, I'm not worthy of this or I'm unlovable or nobody wants me around. 
your body is going to create chemicals like cortisol, which is the wear and tear hormone, and it's going to start breaking down your body. So it really doesn't matter how much healing food you're eating or supplements you're taking because your control center, your brain is saying, I'm just listening to what you want me to do. And I'm releasing hormones and chemicals to kind of wither you away because that's what you believe. It's really phenomenal when you dive into the power of the mind. You know, Britt, she says, the body is a self-regulating organism, right? Like when you're sleeping, you're still breathing, right? Your brain isn't saying, keep breathing, body, keep breathing. Your brain isn't saying, or, or you're, sorry, not your brain, because your brain is actually telling your body to do that. But your conscious brain isn't like saying, okay, now I need to do this. Now my liver needs to dump out toxins. Like the body has this innate intelligence. But she says the mind gets in the way of the body, right? And the energy of the mind will tell that brain, that innate intelligence to redirect its course into a so course cool. that is pro-inflammatory in your body. Yep. So the body yep. has all the mechanisms necessary to heal itself. I mean, think of this, you guys. When you get pregnant, are you thinking every nanosecond of every day, okay, grow fetus, grow fetus. Okay, now cells divide. Now do this. No, you have no clue what's going on in there. You just know a baby, a human is growing. Your body is literally a portal for life. How miraculous is that? And that's the innate intelligence of your body, not your mind. Right. And so she says the body is this beautiful, intelligent, self-regulating organism that we understand a lot about the body, but we don't understand everything about the body. Right. Like there's so many surfaces we've barely scratched when it comes to the body and the health of the body. Right. And so she says it's not the body that is creating illness. It's the mind that does it. And Mm -hmm. so we unpack that a ton a ton with Britt Lefko. And we talk about that in the classes, the Brute Slipton stuff. And, and it's fun too, because we interviewed Katie Vall. She was dealing with infertility. Um, go listen to her podcast. Uh, we released it in okay. January of 2022. And she shared with us her story of infertility and how she'd never had a normal period. And she was on birth control for years and years and years, I think like 10 or 14 years or something. And then she wanted to get pregnant and they did IVF and she, like there was no baby, right? She joined the membership, did all the work, did the protocols, did all the things, started seeing results. But she said the most important piece, and I mean, she was gung-ho. She did everything to a T, right? And she, and we asked her, what was the most important thing you did in the membership? And she said, mindset. She said, the mindset is a game changer, right? And I want to announce that she's pregnant, you guys. Like I said in that podcast, I'm like, I'm going to fly out to your baby shower. I know it's coming because, you know, like, She's doing all the work and she really put in, you know, and she announced that she had her first normal period. And I'm like, I'm going to be at your baby shower. And then she announced in the Zoom call that she was pregnant. And so we're going to have a gutsy baby, right? But again, a gutsy baby. baby. (laughs) But again, she mentioned this star pupil was like, it's mindset. And everyone, all our star pupils, all our pupils, right? They're all stars, right? All of them are stars. And almost all of them are like, mindset is number one. It's so important. Like, the more they, they hear us talk about it, the more they realize how, how necessary it is to do the work. And if you really want to continue digging down the research to the HeartMath Institute does a ton yes. of research on how your emotions and thoughts that drive that actually change your physical body. So mm-hmm. they actually use technology. HeartMath actually measures your body's heart rate variability and coherence, which is a measure um, of health. And so what they find is that people who feel fear and worry and frustration 
actually have very erratic heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. And so their health markers are a lot lower and their stress hormones are higher where people who feel gratitude and love and appreciation have this really nice, Mm -hmm. smooth, rhythmic heart rate and actually have better health markers. So we can see directly if we have these thoughts of fear and worry and I'm not enough and like all of this driving, it's actually going to break down our bodies. Right. And that heart rate variability, like that, like when it's unbalanced and there's more stress on the body, that affects every single organ in your body, every single one. Right. And so people are like, why do we have more autoimmune diseases than ever? Well, just name a cell, just name an organ and there's an antibody for it. Right. There's a destructive pathway that breaks that down. So all you need to add to that is your own personal epigenetics, right? How many families are like, oh, thyroid disease runs in my family. And it's like, does it though? Like you have the genetic markers to like, but epigenetics tells us that you can turn those markers on and off, right? So when your body is exposed to stress and inflammation, those markers will turn on. And then yes, you will develop a thyroid condition. Same thing with like any other autoimmune disease. It's just, it. You have it in your genes, but you have the ability through mindset and lifestyle changes to turn those genes on and off. It's epigenetic, guys. And my mom always says, it's not genetic, it's kitchenetic. It's what you're eating, right? That's turning those genes on and off. And so there's tons of research showing that stress is a huge component to that too. So many, like we have all, all of us, maybe not all of us, there might be like 10 unicorn out there that aren't like this. but most of us always function at high stress levels. Most of us do. And it's just like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm a little stressed, but I'm good. Like that's almost like a normal reading that we do. Oh, life's just busy. You know, it's like, no, (laughs) like that shouldn't be our baseline. Busy and stress and oh, a lot is going on. Like that shouldn't be our baseline. When will the day come when we're walking around with smiles on our face and someone says, how are you doing? And you're like, amazing. Things are so good. Like, Life is great. I take time off when I feel my stress going up and I take care of myself and I don't put work before my own health and I don't put other people before my own health. Like I take care of me and mine and, and life is amazing. Right. How many, and how those underlying thoughts that we don't realize are actually driving that chronic stress activation. That's creating that breakdown. Like I don't know about you, but I have never actually measured someone's cortisol levels and seen them normal. They've either always been in hyperdrive and Mm -hmm. really high or too low and they're in adrenal fatigue where they're burned out. I've actually never run cortisol labs and seen them normal. No. And you do the saliva cortisol labs, which are more accurate than blood tests. But what I typically see is, you know, low sodium and potassium or high sodium and potassium, which indicates different stages of adrenal burnout, right? Or adrenal dysfunction. And so I almost nine out of 10 times I see in labs adrenal dysfunction, right? And we call this normal, (laughs) like it's not normal, it's abnormal and it's wearing and tearing on your body. And so if you are to embark on a healing journey, do not skip mindset, don't, don't skip it. Don't skip self-care. If you're not sure, if you're also like, if you're like, well, how do I know it's my mindset? I'm telling myself, okay, I'm healthy. I can do this. You don't really know. Like, how do I know if mindset, if there is something underlying that I'm not aware of? I think one of the clues that you can look for is when you start a health program, do you feel like mentally you want to do it, but there's some kind of underlying resistance that you can't figure out? 
Right. Like for some reason, you continue to sabotage it, even Mm -hmm. though you have all the tools at your disposal. For some reason, you sabotage it or you actually deep down, you feel like you have some resistance to it. Then there's just more to explore and unpack though that you haven't understood yet about why you're having that resistance. Right. It's like that saying that we always say, you don't know what you don't know and you can't see what you can't see. So if you recognize, hmm, I do self-sabotage, hmm, I do tend to go in these loops with my healing, there's a block, right? Like try and feel out that block. And if you are like, "Mm, I'm blocked, time to unpack that block, right? Time to face it. Oh, and another way that you can realize is when you start making excuses. I hear excuse, like it's so fun to hear people's excuses, right? And then when you help them unpack the, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it, the absurdity of the excuse. And they realize, whoa, that was a really dumb excuse. It's like, yeah, isn't it amazing what the brain can do to make you believe that that, it's protection, right? The brain will create stories to protect you, right? Or to protect you from facing something that might be scary to, because the self-sabotage might be easier than actually facing a truth about yourself or a truth about your past. And so, yes, like mindset, I'm going to scream this from the rooftops until the day I die. Like it's a game changer. Don't overlook it. Should we move on to mitochondria? Let's do it. Next up is mitochondria. Mitochondria. I think a lot of people don't even know. I get so used to with the word mitochondria. Like it's like our number one word. Like we like die by the mitochondria, right? Like it's like, it is, you know, if we were to get a tattoo, it'd be like mitochondria, right? But a lot of people I think don't know what mitochondria is. It's actually really funny when we're doing an Instagram live and people are live texting in the chat and they're like, wait, can you explain what are mitochondria? And there's Mm -hmm. all sorts of spellings and like, yeah, you know, everyone's trying to pronounce it and spell it and say it. So let's just dive into what are the mitochondria? What are they, Gina? Tell us. <laughs> well, almost all of your cells in your entire body, almost all your cells have mitochondria, hundreds to thousands of mitochondria. And collectively, all those mitochondria, you're like, well, do they really make a difference? They're these yes. microscopic things that we can't even see with the human eye. And they power up our body. They give us energy. Mm -hmm. They create our life force. If you ever hear of ATP, ATP is our energy currency, right? Mm -hmm. It's like our our body creates energy. Well, collectively, they're responsible for powering up your body and creating energy. So Mm -hmm. we tend to think of like, well, food is energy. Yeah, food does give us calories. But then what happens when we take that food? How does it turn into energy for our bodies? Or let me ask people this. How many people eat a meal and then they're tired? So is your food really giving you energy? Turning into energy. Like how many, how many people are just like, yeah, I eat a meal and I need to take a nap. It's like, well, it's clearly not about calories in. Right. And so people that count calories, I always say, don't count macros, right? Count micros because the micronutrients, the micronutrients is what heals the mitochondria and helps the mitochondria function. I was literally creating an Instagram post on this today. Heck yeah, I'm going to repost that. That is so great. That is so great. Count micros, not macros. Yes. We're going to have to dive into this a little bit more, but let's back up. Because people are probably like, wait, what do you mean? mm. So I'm sure people want a breakdown of what we are talking about here. All right. Well, I I just want to, can I quickly give an analogy of like, you know, because you said, you guys, if you have a toy that operates on a battery, but the battery is dead, is the toy going to work? It's not, you guys. So you are the toy. What is your battery doing? Are you a toy working at like 30%? You know, yeah. are you, think of like a dimmer switch. 
right? The amount of power going through that electrical circuit is either high or low according to that dimmer switch. Is your dimmer switch in your body low? Do you feel tired and fatigued all the time? Do you just have a hard time getting out of bed, forming sentences, remembering like what you were doing in the kitchen when you walked over to it? Do you have that crash in the afternoon? If you do, your dimmer switch is on low. Are you, and this is a pet peeve of mine, and I'm sorry to all the people that drink pre-workout. Are you drinking pre-workout so that you can get through your workout? Your dimmest switch is on low and you're robbing from Peter to pay Paul with that caffeinated pre-workout, right? And people are like, well, I just need it because otherwise I can't do it. Well, your body's telling you, you have no energy. Your body's telling you, your mitochondria, you need to like change your batteries or in our body's case, heal your batteries and recharge them, give them what they need. And so if you are tired, you have a mitochondrial issue. If you have brain fog, you have a mitochondrial issue. And here's the thing. If you have these things and illness, guess what requires a lot of energy Mm. to heal? Your body. Mm -hmm. So if your dimmer switches on low, yeah. So if your dimmer switches on low and you just have no energy, guess what? You're not going to heal. It's your body can't prioritize healing because it's using what little energy it has to just barely keep you alive. Right. So you're alive and yeah. functioning, but you're not thriving. You have a mitochondrial and issue. so many people who are trying to do a detox and they feel awful and exhausted. Right. And you yes. don't have the energy to actually do that detox efficient. You're not powering energetically your body right. or you're trying to fix hormone issues, but you're not powering up the cells that charge up your ovaries or your adrenals or your thyroid. Right. So my, mitochondria is number one. So that's where your cells actually can take the food that you eat and turn it to energy. Mm -hmm. If your mitochondria are healthy, they're going to do a really efficient, good job at taking the food that comes in, your fats, your proteins, your carbs, and actually efficiently turn it into energy. And you can actually see this. You can actually do a lab test that shows how well your mitochondria are taking your food and turning it into energy. And it's really often that I actually see this process really slowing down. And that process is dependent on micronutrients, just like mm-hmm. you said. Micronutrients. To be able to, it's many, many steps. I remember learning this, this in biology class years, even in high school and thinking, this is stupid. When am I ever going to have to <laughs> learn these steps of what happens inside a cell? Well, here I am. It's like the core foundation of the work that I do. Today. Wanting a mitochondrial <laughs> tattoo on your body. Oh, <laughs> never would have thought this would happen. <laughs> But in order to take that food and turn it into ATP, it requires a lot of micronutrients. So it requires your B vitamins, vitamin C, zinc, oxygen, even from breathing, iron, magnesium, magnesium. And if any one of those micronutrients slows down, the entire process slows down. It was actually really cool. There was a study that showed when people had suboptimal vitamin C levels, their fat burning slowed down by 30%. That's crazy. Compared to those who had adequate vitamin C. So if you actually, so we're like, oh, what does it matter? Like, does it matter that I'm a little magnesium deficient or I'm a little vitamin C deficient? But in studies, in several different studies, this wasn't just one. They replicated it with multiple studies where they showed that people both at rest and during exercise burned about 30% less calories from fat than people who had adequate vitamin C levels. So these mitochondria are so important for taking your food or your stored fat, turning it into energy, 
And so that you have good energy, you have a good metabolism and overall healing in your body can happen because you're powering up those cells, right? You know, what's funny is you mentioned magnesium too. And I read somewhere something like 95% of Americans are magnesium deficient. And I've probably done over a hundred BCA's blood chem analyses. So I've looked at blood work and we look for magnesium levels. And the only time I've probably seen about three normal magnesium levels in like the over a hundred, maybe five. And those five people were supplementing properly with magnesium. A lot of people are like, I take a magnesium supplement and I guarantee you it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, well, why do we not get enough magnesium in our food? It's like, well, we live in this modern day society where our soils are so depleted of minerals. So unfortunately we do have to supplement something like magnesium now. Like that should be a staple in everyone's shelf. Right. And so if you have a mitochondrial and like, it's interesting too, because how many women suffer like they have babies and they suffer with postpartum depression and that again, they're so low in magnesium. They just supplement with magnesium and that postpartum depression goes away. Why? Well, because it's helping mitochondrial function. So now the brain can turn on and can actually heal and repair itself and do its job. Right. And so some people are like magnesium was a game changer in my mental health. Magnesium was a game changer in my bowel health. Magnesium was a game changer in my healing right? It's a game changer. And it's because it's the mitochondria, like you're saying, are so dependent on it as well as two other, 200 other enzymatic functions, right? And so I'm getting a little bit on a tangent with just magnesium, but mitochondria need these nutrients, right? So if you're counting your macros, your carbs, your fats, your proteins, but you're not being mindful that your food is literally empty of nutrition and micronutrients, like what are you really eating? right? You're eating calories that your body can't utilize. It literally cannot turn that into energy for you. So you're just going to feel tired after a meal. Yep, absolutely. So I, and what's really interesting is now what like researchers are starting to say is that when we approach these health issues like obesity, hormone disorders, memory loss, or cognitive Mm -hmm. issues, they're going to start actually just focusing on mitochondrial function. Mm -hmm. And all these issues are found to be related to mitochondrial dysfunction. We're going to also start looking at that for cardiovascular health, for gut health. So really thinking about anywhere in your body that has a cell Mm -hmm. and you want to heal that area of your body, you have to start with the batteries aspect that's going to charge that cell and actually give it energy to live. If those mitochondria are not producing energy, that cell dies. Mm. If it's not getting the energy that it needs, the cells will start to die. So the good thing is if you're freaking out and you're like, my mitochondria is they're ruined, they're dead. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not making energy. I'm eating food. I'm tired. The good thing is, is you can actually repair and make more mitochondria. You can. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about what really damages mitochondria and what people should do to undamage their mitochondria. The standard American diet damages mitochondria. Let's just put that out there. Inflammatory oils from the standard American diet, uh, sugars, sodas. Okay. So inflammatory oils are ones that are extracted from like vegetables, nuts, and seeds, right? And so those would be like canola oil, sunflower oil, soybean oil, your margarines, those trans fats, like if it's being extracted from it. And that is literally on the package of like 90% of food sold, even healthy snacks. Like how many healthy snacks have sunflower oil in it, right? And so you want to stick with coconut oil, olive oil, in some cases, butter. Weston A. Price people love butter. Oh, here's one of my favorites. Avocado Avocado is phenomenal, right? And if you can get fats, 
healthy fats from food. So a lot of people are like, well, can I not eat nuts and seeds because the oil is inflammatory? In their whole food form, yes, absolutely eat them. Get those oils in their whole food form because they're stable in their whole food form that have that fiber that's protecting them from oxidative stress, right? And oxidation and whatever. So eating those foods in their whole food form is phenomenal. Not overheating olive oil and avocado oil will be really helpful too. But one of my favorite oils is, this is very controversial, but I'm going to sing this probably until I die as well. But I love organic and refined red palm oil because if you look at it, it is bright orange, right? And super high in vitamin A, super high in vitamin E. And those two are crucial for any kind of oxidative stress in your body. They donate ions and electrons to help neutralize reactive oxygen species. And so palm oil, when you look at it, it's white. It's been bleached. It's been processed. It's all of these things. It's inflammatory. But the unrefined organic red palm oil is very, very nutrient dense and it tastes amazing. And so that's one that I really love people to eat. And again, going back to the vitamin A aspect of it, when I do labs, most people are low in vitamin A. And so, yeah, let's get our vitamin A stores up, right? Let's get our inflammation down because that vitamin A is an antioxidant as well. So that's a quick little thing. Yeah. Most of the kind of stuff that we dive, like we do deep dives right. in the academy to right. teach you how do you navigate, which oils, which are the better ones. Right. I think with really any of these, these food choices. So how do we apply this to our daily lives? If you're eating a snack, it probably has inflammatory oils in it. If you, if you're drinking coffee with a creamer, it's made from inflammatory oils. If you look at their first ingredients, there's and a lot of these creamers, there's actually no dairy in it. It's literally one of fats. the worst foods I've ever seen. It is. Like, I went, I stayed, with, I stayed with a friend and this is, sorry, I don't mean to judge and be picking apart people's food choices, <laughs> but I stayed with a friend. They're like, this is the coffee creamer. And it was like first ingredient. I think it was sunflower one, one oil or oils. something. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, yeah, sunflower or a vegetable oil mm-hmm. and then sugar. Yes. And then like corn syrup. It yes. was like, it just, it's ridiculous of, of garbage, of inflammatory garbage. You might as well just like drink fire. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> light a fire and put it in your body and drink that and be like, mm, that was delicious. I love inflammation in my body. Like yeah, it's terrible. So if you're eating out at a restaurant, they are using inflammatory oils, even the high, like some of the, I wouldn't say some of the worst, uh, but like some of these really high end restaurants that I go to, I am not a happy camper hours afterwards. Like I have inflammation in my gut. I'm bloated. I'm gassy. I have heartburn. And I know like, and I immediately get this immune response of post-nasal drip. And I'm like, oh, my immune system's triggered. My inflammation is up. There was inflammatory oils in this meal. And it's, it's like Brussels sprouts, right? It's like Brussels sprouts with nuts or it's some kind of salad. And I'm like, no, they used really bad oils in this. Like I can immediately tell. So if you're eating out at restaurants a lot, a lot of people are like, well, I have salads. Like I eat my Cafe Rio salad multiple times a week. And I'm like, yes, but what is that dressing made of? Like what is the rice cooked in? What is that meat cooked in? Do you guys know that? Okay, so many people are going to hate me. I love Cafe Rio. But do you guys know that that pulled pork is actually cooked in Coca-Cola? It's cooked in soda. No yes. Yes way. Oh. That's why people feel so good when they eat it. They're like, oh, I got my caffeine too. Look, it's cooked. Oh it's, my gosh. That it's is so marinated funny. in soda. I never know. <laughs> I know. I went to a, a restaurant one time and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. 
I'm going to get their scrambled eggs mm-hmm. and, you know, like I'm going to eat really clean and, and I'm with my family and we're like, wow, these are the best scrambled eggs you've ever had. Like, mm-hmm. this is just incredible. How do they get them so fluffy and delicious? Yeah. And we asked the server, we're like, what do they do? This is like, these eggs are just incredible. And he goes, oh, we put pancake mix in oh my we mix pancake mix in there. I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you never Great. know how they sneak these things in to make mm-hmm. it taste like it, but you could yeah. make it at home. Sugar and flour. So let's go. Yeah. It's basically a cookie. It's a stirring technique. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So back to like, how does this apply to your mitochondria? Like if you're eating out a lot, if you're eating a lot of snacks, like it's your mitochondria are probably not happy. Right. And so, well, so I just to explain a little bit further, just to go a little bit further, the, the membrane of all of your cells are a lipid membrane. And so just like we want to protect the delicate fats in our olive oil, we want to protect those delicate lipid fats in the cell membrane. So when we eat inflammatory foods that actually damage those delicate fats, just think of like the fats in your cells as like the same delicacy of a beautiful olive oil that you don't want to damage. And if you're eating things that are a lot of sugar or even oxidized damaged fats or chemicals, it actually damages those gentle little delicate fats in your cells, breaks down the cells and then damages the mitochondria on the inside. So think of mitochondria not working from two perspectives. One, if you don't eat enough nutrients, they can't work properly. Two, if you eat things that are inflammatory, it's going to damage those membranes and damage the mitochondria. And then the cells actually die. And that's what happens. So it's a double whammy, basically. It's just this double whammy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, So if you're eating inflammatory foods and you're not getting the nutrients, you're double putting the stress mm -hmm. on your mitochondria. Other things that affect mitochondrial function is actually artificial lighting. So all of this like blue, white lighting that we have in our buildings, how many of us are looking at these cell phones and computer screens all day long, or we're just, we're looking at artificial light, we're basking in artificial light. How many of us are getting outside with the sunrise and the sunset? Like being in sync with nature is what literally turns your mitochondria on. And some of the best things you can do for mitochondrial function is waking up with the sunrise and going outside for a walk and being in that kind of really warm lighting and then watching the sun actually set or being outside when the sun is setting. How many people feel more energized when they're outside in nature? It's because there's a different frequency, like there's a different bioresonance and there's a different frequency that nature emits that our mitochondria are in complete alignment with. But when we're in these artificial buildings with artificial screens and TVs and lighting, like that is not the frequency that our mitochondria actually jive with. I need to get, oh, you know what we should do, Gina? We should get Ryan Blazer, test my home. He is the EMF dude. We should get him to talk to our members about light bulbs, what light bulbs, um, because when people come to my house, they think I'm this weird cuckoo person. Because as the sun is setting, I put on like two lamps in my house and they have a very specific low flicker rate. And they're a very warm, like orangey color. And people are like, do you want to put lights on in your house? I'm like, no. And they're like, it (laughs) looks like we're in a campfire. And I'm like, yes, exactly. Like I want my brain to register that I'm around that warm lighting. So that one, my mitochondria are doing its thing and they're not being damaged. But two, so that my my melatonin starts to like kick in and I start, is it melatonin? Which is the sleepy hormone? I'm having a brain fart yes, right now. Melatonin. Melatonin. So that I can start yeah. getting ready for bed. How many people like suffer with insomnia, sleep issues? Mm-hmm. 
right? And yeah. it's that could be a mitochondrial. Is it a mitochondrial thing? But it's oftentimes a lighting thing too. But what do you? What I, would you I say? Think a lot of it too is like a cortisol dysregulation yes. because cortisol and melatonin are opposite of each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're if that artificial lighting is also revving up cortisol mm-hmm. um, and blood sugar. I mean, it's all right it's all together. It's right? all together, right? Um, yeah, it's like the artificial lighting actually raises blood sugar and causes insulin resistance. That's insane. And so, you know, I wonder if that is partially or maybe all because of a mitochondrial issue that mm-hmm. may be part of it. I would assume that it, that it's part of it, that it's not actually properly regulating that blood sugar. Well, and um, when, and when I see young kids like come in my clinic with like sleep issues and mood disorders and stuff, they almost always, if they have a mood disorder, like anxiety or depression, they're not sleeping well, but they're on technology until late at night, right? They're Snapchatting or they're on Instagram. And it's that artificial lighting, right? It's like that's literally destroying their circadian rhythm, but it's also affecting their mitochondrial health, right? So we need to make sure that we are really protecting our mitochondria and we're trying to go back to our basic roots again, back to nature, right? Because nature, as when we go back to nature, healing happens. And so like our bodies were designed to thrive in nature, not in these artificial buildings and lights and whatnot. And so we're just an extension of nature. And the more we step away from that extension, the sicker we get. Think of it. When we eat artificial food, we get sicker. When we eat nature-based food, we heal. We get back in sync and in rhythm again, and our bodies manifest health and healing. Yep. And so your mitochondria, which is like this most tiny unit of the cell that is the battery to your cell, they are so sensitive to that rhythm with nature that the further you get away from nature, the more damage they're going to get. And so if you're tired, look around and be like, man, do I sit in a building all day with artificial lighting? Am I in front of a computer with EMFs, right? Like, man, we need to just bring Ryan on to just talk about EMFs. That's going to be so EMFs and mitochondria. Like that would would be so fun, right? Man, let's get that. I'm going to call him right after this. So you guys, we don't realize how much our modern day society destroys our mitochondria just add the artificial lighting and the bad food. And it's like this recipe for disaster. No wonder people are walking around not feeling like themselves, right? So how do we heal the mitochondria? We mentioned a few things like vitamins and minerals and eating whole foods again, going back to nature and eating healthy whole foods. Is there anything else that you want to say about that, Gina? Yeah, I think when it comes to ways to protect your mitochondria, the best, the easiest, best go-to is eat a wide range of colors, colorful vegetables, like get that in, challenge yourself to get as many mm-hmm. colors as you can. Those are really going to protect the cells. But what's really cool is if you need to repair and you, let's say you're like, I want to increase energy production. I want to increase my metabolism. You can actually do that by making more mitochondria. And what's so yes. cool is there are foods that you can eat that can replicate and make more mitochondria. So some of them, the, the way that this works is if you, anyone's ever heard of hormesis or a hormetic response, mm-hmm. it's basically when you put stress on your cells, the right amount, you don't want too much stress. It's kind of like Goldilocks, right? Too little stress and your cells don't adapt too much stress and it's too much and they die, but just the right amount of stress will send the message to a cell that there is a stress here. We need to adapt for our survival and actually live longer. So 
I think a really great example is like strength training. Mm -hmm. So if you, let's say you had your arm in a cast and you never challenged it to any type of difficulty or any weight, what would you'd think, oh, my arm will last forever because it's so protected. But what actually really happens is it atrophies, right? It dies. Mm -hmm. And so the same thing with ourselves, if they never get stressed, they actually just start to atrophy faster, too much stress. Like, let's say you never strength trained before and you went, you tried to curl a 50 pound weight and it just tore your muscle because it was too much, you know, too much stress. The cell dies just the right amount of strength training actually grows and builds that muscle. And so the same is true of our cells. And so there are certain foods that we can eat and lifestyle things that we can do that send a signal to that cell that we actually need to rev up mitochondrial production. And so lifestyle wise, that could be doing things like cold exposure, like a cold shower or cold plunge, heat exposure, like a sauna. And then there's certain foods that actually put stress on the cell. So we think that the main benefit, a lot of people, I went to a really great conference one time and the speaker, incredible researcher, he said, how many people here think that we eat vegetables for the antioxidants? And everybody raises their hand. And these are all health professionals. And he said, that's a small amount. That's a small, the small reason why we actually do. The real benefit that we eat these plants is they have a built-in toxin, a built-in, like almost like a pesticide for mm-hmm. themselves that protects them against bugs, harsh weather for their survival. And when we eat these compounds, they actually do act as a toxin in our body. But because it's the right amount of a toxin, we eat that toxin and it signals to our body that we need to adapt and our body transforms. We upregulate more antioxidants. We make more mitochondria and our body adapts. So one of them that is the best are foods that have resveratrol. Mm. So that would be like your red grapes or your pomegranate seeds. Pomegranate Mm -hmm. seeds are like the best, Uh, the best source of resveratrol that will actually put that stress on the cell and allow your body to make more mitochondria. So I love diving deep, especially in the academy. It's one of my favorite things is to go deep into the science of which foods you can actually eat to rev up and create Mm -hmm. more mitochondria and actually actively take control over your healing. Right. Did you mention that exercise also stimulates more mitochondrial production? So we, we like your body will make more mitochondria when you start exercising. But just like that hormetic effect, too much stress will damage you and your right. body and your cells and too little is not enough. It has to be in that happy medium where it's creating just enough stress at the right amount of time for your body to produce enough mitochondria at that time, right? But here's the thing too, is like some people are, their mitochondrial function is so low. Their dimmer switch is on such a low dim that maybe exercising isn't right for them right now. Maybe they need all the energy they can, all the energy they can take to just digest their food and like keep their mitochondria happy, right? So everyone is at a different place, I guess, when it comes to mitochondrial function and treatment protocols, right? And so hopefully the majority of people can eat better and just exercise and eat the right foods to boost their mitochondrial function. But some people that are really, really ill We have to be really mindful that we're not overtaxing the body that doesn't have a lot of energetic resources in the first place. So if you are someone that's like, I did a detox program and I felt as sick as a dog, you didn't have enough mitochondria and enough energy in your body to handle that detox. Your body's trying to use all of its energy resources to just keep you functioning, right? It's not prioritizing heavy detoxes at this time. 
So just be mindful. Um, If you're going to the gym and you are in bed for like two days, you don't have good mitochondrial function. You need to maybe change either your exercise routine or prioritize other things, you know, prioritize healing over exercising at this time. So anything else that we want to mention about mitochondria before we close up? I don't think so. I think other than just, just overall summary is that we get really sciencey, mm-hmm. right. About yeah. health from a cellular level, which is what I think a lot of people miss the mark on. They go straight to hormones, right. They go straight yes. to using a cognitive supplement to try to fix their brain mm-hmm. function that has stimulants in it, but they're not getting to the root of why their body isn't being right. powered. And so really, if you want health from a longevity standpoint, from a long-term long lasting, go to like a cellular level and even though we get really sciencey, the steps of implementation are not difficult to do, right? Mm-hmm. Eating more of the colors, more fresh food, challenge yourself, looking out for those inflammatory oils, looking out for processed sugars, and then challenging your body with maybe a little bit of heat or cold or exercise. Mm-hmm. If your body is able to handle it and tolerate it and just getting in those foods that are going to really protect your mitochondria. One thing we didn't mention that really damages mitochondria is stress. Stress, you guys. Stress, cortisol, like, and that's why you go back to step one. How is your stress? Great. Is it better? Is it good? Okay, then let's move on to mitochondria. Because again, you can't try to heal mitochondria when you're pumping out a ton of cortisol that damages it in the first place. That's why you get stuck on this kind of merry-go-round where you're like, I'm not getting anywhere with my health. That's why mindset is number one. Stress destroys everything right? There's, there's you stress, which is true stress. You means true, but there's you stress, which is healthy stress. But the majority of us are not experiencing healthy stress. We're experiencing very damaging stress. And so, so again, mindset's number one, mitochondria is number two. Next week, we're going to talk about gut and liver. So step three and four in the order of healing. Oof, my favorite. You guys, it's going to be so fun, but you can't heal your gut if you don't have energy to heal it, which is why you need to right. focus on your mitochondria, right? You can't detox substances if you don't have the energy to detox them. One thing that I really love that you mentioned in the lecture is this concentration of mitochondria, the highest concentrations of mitochondria in the liver and the brain, right? And so that really shows the powerhouses that our brain and our liver are. And so if we have low mitochondrial function, we have that brain fog. And because, you know, our neurons need a lot of energy to have our brain function, And our liver needs a lot of energy to do its 2000 plus processes and jobs that it has to do, like detoxification and assimilation of nutrients and biosynthesis of all our hormones. So we'll dive more into that next week. You guys, if you are wanting to join the Gutsy Health Academy, make sure you go to mygutsyhealth.com, put your email in on our waiting list, and we will email everyone towards the end of the year when we are opening up the academy again for our next cohort. But hopefully in the meantime, you are finding the podcast so helpful and informative and you're really, I get DMs all the time where people are like, I love the podcast. I'm learning so much. Please keep sending us those DMs and those messages. Like we freaking love it. We love you guys. We love the reviews. We love hearing your stories of empowerment and how you're all becoming these self-healing badasses. Just keep up the good work. This is how we change the world of healthcare is we do it with the consumers, by empowering the consumers. And so thank you for helping us change this planet one empowered person at a time. We adore you guys. We'll catch you next week for Gut and Liver 101. Gina, anything else you want to say before we close up? See you next time. (laughs) See you guys. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. Thank you.